1: Other Miss to, to the top You're tuned in to the Eagle
0: Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty. I'm in the first bank studio here in Hattiesburg, and I'm glad you're tuned in wherever you may be along the Super Talk Network or online. We're glad to have you for this edition of the Eagle Hour opening segment every day sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. And what a great time now to contact Dickie's about catering your next tailgate event with football season here. It is time to get in touch with Dickie's. We guarantee you they can uh, cater a meal for any size tailgate you may have, and you will be the hit of the tailgate parties. All right, Assistant Athletic Director for Development, Lee Applewhite, is on the Eagle Hour today. Lee knows a lot about fundraising. And, Lee, you know a lot about uh, Dickey's Barbecue. You and I have enjoyed Dickey's uh, many a time at a baseball game.
2: There's no question. M- more than baseball game, all the time. But, yeah, uh, lo- love it. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, Justin does a fantastic job, and uh, it's always good. And they they always, you know, Make it happen. So, and are very, very good to their customers. So, there's no question about it.
0: No question. You're absolutely right. Okay, Lee. Here we are now with the fall of the year right on top of us. And boy, what a what an 18 months it's been uh, since uh, January of last year when we first heard this term COVID 19, something we had really never heard of before, and could have really had no idea how it would impact everybody's lives and businesses the way that it has. I know that every business uh, and industry has been affected in different ways. Certainly the radio industry uh, has been affected by COVID-19. And I I know from talking to you and other friends at the university that uh, the university obviously uh, has been affected. You do a lot of the fundraising uh, for Southern Miss Athletics. Kind of give us an overview of what the last 18 months has been like in your industry and how has it complicated things for you?
2: Well, well, you're right. I mean, it's, it's all of a sudden, you know, we start hearing about this. And, you know, uh, it happened really quick for me. I remember I was driving home uh, right before uh, uh, baseball season had just started. And um, I get a call from one of my friends, and he's like, hey, uh, are you all going to be able to play this weekend? I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I'm hearing you're you're not going to play, but if you do, you're not going to have fans. I was like, man, I haven't heard anything like that and that's how fast this th- this happened i mean it just it was it was upon us and you know immediately our focus had to shift to you know making sure our student athletes were protected and our fans were protected and it happened really really fast and then obviously the baseball season got canceled which was just detrimental uh... to our athletic department and i know our fans and you know, it just it just went on from there. We actually were, you know, as we've talked about before, we were home for three months. We worked from, from home, and during that period of time, obviously, everything was, you know, just kind of up in the air. You know, no one know, knew what was going to happen, and so it was a time period where we, all we really wanted to do was to check in with our donors and, and, and make sure they were okay and let them know that that we care about them, and you know, it's just it—it it, it wasn't uh, uh, an active fundraising time. You know, it was just checking in with our folks and 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 you know, keeping keeping the office running and and everything going as best we could. But you know, there for three or four months, we didn't fundraise. So you know that that takes a, that took a toll on our our finances. And you know, as you know uh the eagle club is is you know our scholarship fund and you know it ties into season tickets and uh parking and you know seating and everything like that and and you know with with not knowing what was going to happen you know we we just we just had to kind of adapt and uh you know go into a mode where you know we were checking in with our folks and letting them know we were doing everything we could possibly do to to keep everything going and you know i i commend our athletic director, and our president uh, for for keeping everything afloat because, you know, all across the country, you know, you were reading every day that, you know, sports were being canceled and, you know, programs were being canceled and, you know, just people being laid off, uh, you know, taking people having to take furloughs and this and that, well, None of none of our employees had to deal with any of that. And I think that has to do, you know, it goes back to our to our leader, Jeremy McLean and our and our president, Dr. Rodney Bennett. They did a fantastic job and they're still doing a fantastic job kinda figuring this thing out. You know, it was uh, something that it changed hourly. You know, not it was just new information coming out all the time. We were doing the best we could with the information we had to to make sure we were again, first of all, protecting our student athletes and our students, but also our staff and our fans. So it was a very challenging time, and it still is. Um, But, um, again, um, you know, I I believe that uh, the work that that we did during that time, you know, checking on our our donors and letting them know that we care about them, and they kind of stuck with us. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where we are right now, just, um, you know, doing everything we can to make sure, Uh, We keep everything going.
0: And you obviously were not able to have the baseball season last year. Uh, That was a financial loss from ticket sales. You weren't able to really sell tickets to any of the other spring sports. And then football season came around, and and you literally couldn't sell tickets uh, that amounted to anything during football season. Put in perspective, how important is that section of the revenue to a program like Southern Miss?
2: well let me let me go back to baseball real quick and i'll and i'll and I'll kind of go from there but our, we have a tremendous fan base uh southern miss does and and they care about our programs here and they care about our our student athletes our our baseball fan base is outstanding and yes, the season got cancelled, but I will say this with seventy nine percent or was almost eighty percent of our season ticket holders allowed us to keep their season ticket funds, their money, that they had paid for the tickets and they knew that the season was not going to be played. But they still allowed us to keep those funds, and that really helped us get through that loss of losing the baseball season. I think we only played, what, 12 games? right? And uh, so them doing that, you know, not only just our season ticket holders, but our suite holders, uh, the roost. Uh, we had just, you know, come out with our, the turf, and it was, you know, the opening year of that, and we opened the new uh, bullpen club. So everybody knew what we were going through, and and again, it's a financial situation for everyone where they're not they're not sure if they're going to have a job the next week, but but the majority of our fans allowed us to keep that season ticket money and that helped us get through that time and then you know you move on to to uh basketball and football and it was just you know we we knew we were going to have a limited capacity we weren't sure really what that was going to look like until you know really a couple weeks before the season even started and you know our season ticket holders um you know, we had to explain to them what was happening and, and, and let them know that, you know, we were going to do everything we possibly could to to be able to sell season tickets. And, um, you know, but what ended up happening is we were not able to sell single-game tickets for football. And that that was a real hit. And then, obviously, uh, losing when the SEC decided they were only going to play conference games, you, you, you lost that game with Auburn. And, uh, you know, we... We need those games every year. And, uh, that was, you know, we lost a good, good amount of money on that. And, uh, so you combine those two things and that, that created some real challenges, uh, for us. But, um, you know, as, as I said, you know, we, we just kind of weathered the storm and, um, and just did the best we could. And, uh, so at this point, you know, we've, we've done really, really well with our season tickets this year, the best in five or six years. Uh, so, so hopefully going to make up some ground there. And then, you know, we, we put our single game tickets on sale uh, a couple weeks ago and that's going really well. So uh, we're rebounding really well. And we just hope things continue.
0: All right. Only about 40 seconds left in this segment, but fair to say that this has been a, a, a unique and really a uh, challenge that uh, your industry has never had to face before to, no. to, to the magnitude that you've had to face now.
2: No, no, not not even close. You know, I've, I've been in college athletics for six years now, never experienced anything like it. And I, I hope we don't again. But obviously, uh, you know, COVID is here and uh, we just have to find ways to, to continue to, to, to deal with it and, and make sure we do the right things to, to get through it.
0: All right, we're talking to Assistant Athletic Director for Development, Lee Applewhite, on the Eagle Hour. Uh, not only COVID, but the the changing face and the, and the changing world of college sports uh, has emerged uh, in the same time, really, that COVID has in a way that we've never seen that before. So when we continue our conversation, I want to talk to Lee about uh, how that challenge is affecting the schools uh, outside of the Power Five, the schools like... Southern Miss. We'll be back more with Lee Applewhite on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us.
1: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Second segment of the show every day sponsored by Campus Bookmart at CampusBookmart.net. Miss Kathleen, her great crew, uh, carry the biggest apparel, a selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere on the planet, for your house, for your home, for your body. Uh, Buy your new fall stuff at Campus Bookmart. If you want to shop online, you can do that at CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to Lee Applewhite, who is the Assistant Athletic Director for Development at Southern Miss. And, Lee, we've spent enough time talking about COVID. But, man, I'm going to tell you, in your industry as well, the, the face of college athletics is ever-changing. And this, this earth-shattering news recently about, uh, you know, prominent football programs, athletic programs like the uh, University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, now leaving uh, and moving to the SEC, it seems like there's just a, it seems like the ground is always shifting in the world of college athletics. How difficult is that on schools outside of the Power Five, which seem to have all the money in the world, uh, But there are a lot of schools that are not in the Power Five, and what is it like uh, in the world of fundraising for, for those universities uh, in today's shifting college athletic world?
2: Oh, obviously it's a lot more difficult. I mean, and and it has. I mean, it's changing, and it's and it looks like it's going to continue to change. And this this was some big news. You know, it's you know with the SEC and you know the the TV deals that they have and the money they have coming in every year, it's just it's just going to increase. And you know, I, I go back to when you know I've been a Southern Miss fan my whole life and been coming to games since I was two years old and you know back then uh things you know universities were were on a much more even playing field you know as far as recruiting and facilities oh. and money and things like that but uh it's it's definitely changed and um you know it just it, it makes it that much harder to compete w- with those programs and obviously the bloodline of programs is recruiting and it's it's all about recruiting and you know what we're doing here during this time is um trying to position ourselves uh you know to to look good to other leagues you know for right now we're in conference usa and we're gonna we're, we're gonna do the best we can with what we have we always have done that and we've always been able to compete uh with bigger schools and uh, i think that will continue but we're working on some things where you know we're trying to build our base we're trying to uh, improve facilities as much as we can. We've done some things here recently that I think are going to help with that, like the Bauer Academic Center. Uh, that that has been a, a really big plus for us in, in recruiting because we have this beautiful facility here now uh, for where we can show our athletes and their families where, where they're going to be studying and all the Technology they're going to have available to them and the the nice building that they have available to them, so we're doing everything we possibly can uh, to position ourselves. You know we have some things coming up that uh, you'll hear about later that you know some other facilities we're going to try to improve upon, um, obviously Reed greens in that in that picture um, the the baseball facility obviously we've done some things there we have some some plans to do. Uh, some more things coming up and uh you know I tell you what I don't know if you've gotten to see the uh the the inside of the duff and the football offices lately, but they're really really nice we've we've done some new things there uh so yeah we're it it's changing and uh what we're doing right now is is to to try to do everything we can uh to to be in position uh if if you know if the opportunity presents itself you know that we'll be in in a good place.
0: Right, I'm old enough to remember too when there wasn't a South Alabama, there wasn't a Troy University uh, that Louisiana Lafayette didn't have a program the status of it of its program now Louisiana Tech. So really the competition not only comes from the Power 5, does it not? It, it comes from it comes from other schools basically the size of Southern Miss.
2: No question, Bob, the team we're getting ready to play in in, in a week. Uh, they didn't even have a football team. So I mean it's it, you're right. I mean we we have to uh, compete against all the all the uh non-power 5 schools. All the group of 5 schools now that that weren't around back then and you know some of them were you know not even in division 1. And and now they are and uh yeah, it it makes it it makes it much more difficult. But but I but I'm telling you I, I feel really good about where we are. Uh, especially our big three sports right now with the with the men that we have leading our programs. Obviously, Scott Barry's been doing it for years and and competing with even the SEC schools, and and you know we'll continue to do so. But uh, Jay Ladner is is going to get this thing turned around in basketball. I, I really believe that, and uh, you know Will Hall is is impressive, and his entire staff uh, has has been really impress- impressive, and um, you know we feel really good about the future. And uh you know recruiting is going well in all all three of those sports and uh I think it has a lot to do with with the the men that are leading our programs
0: uh, being a friend of yours uh, i'm I hear often how important the eagle club is uh but for, but for people that that may not hear that on a regular basis let our listeners know why it is so important to join the Eagle Club and why you don't have to you know you you've told me this often uh, you don't you don't have to have $10,000 a year to give to the eagle club any contribution that you're comfortable making is important to the athletic program
2: if if everyone would pitch in everyone that that could help would do what they could do it would it would make all the difference in the world because if you think about it i mean the eagle club what it does is it all the money that you give through the eagle club every dime of it is is going to Scholarships for our athletes, and those scholarships are increasing every year. The prices are going up, so we need as much support as we possibly can. And you know, obviously, the dollars help, but uh, but the the conferences when when, when a realignment happens, they they want to know everything. They want to know, well, how many how many people do you have supporting your annual club every year? So we we wanted to get as many people involved as we can and you know with with the eagle club whatever we do not raise uh for for the scholarship fund we we have that comes out of our that comes out of our budget we have to write a check to the university every year so the the more you can we can offset that then that gives us more funds to be able you know to to you know the the everyday operations of our athletic department. Uh, so when you give to the Eagle Club, it's helping obviously the scholarship program, but it but it's helping everything because that's going to open up more dollars to be used for the everyday operations of our program, which increase as well. So uh, it, it's very important. And you know the Eagle Club uh, it determines where you can buy your seats, where you can park, and obviously the higher you go up, the better those those are. And I, you know I'm I'm always going to be involved with the Eagle Club, Bob. That's where I started, uh, and and I, I still deal with it on a daily basis. But m- I, we've had a little bit of restructuring, and and my daily focus right now is, is major gifts, and and that when I say major gifts, that's that's donations over ten thousand dollars a year, okay? And um, you know whether it's facilities, you know where you're putting your money to facilities, the Circle of Champions that is a that is a great fund that that i encourage anyone that has the means to to join that program because what that does half of that money every year is going to our scholarship fund but then the other half you can determine where you want to put that on on a, on an annual basis and uh that that is really uh one thing that i'm focused on every day is to build that program and we've been able to do that in the last the last couple of months we've had several new members of the circle of champions and, you know, with our Eagle club and the circle of champions, that is the heartbeat of our athletic department. And i you know, like you said, you know, we have something for everybody. You know, if if you can give $10,000 a year and join the circle of champions, fantastic. If you can give us $125 a year and join the Eagle club and buy season tickets, that's awesome, too. so we we want everybody to be a part of this thing.
0: Interesting, you said about a minute left, but uh, when when conferences are looking at you, they look at the number of people donating as much as they look at the amount of donations you're receiving.
2: absolutely. they They look at everything, and uh, you know your facilities, your annual fund your major gifts, what you have coming in every year. So, yes, they, they look at everything like that. So the the better the better we can make all of those, the the better position we'll be in.
0: All right, my friend. If somebody wants to donate money to the athletic department, and we hope they do, tell us in the last 45 seconds we've got how they can go about doing that.
2: Well, the easiest way is to give us a call, 601-266-5299. But you can do any type of uh, donating you would like to any any part of our athletic foundation, uh, just, just go online. You can do any of it all at southermiss.com. There's a link there for you to, to, to give to whatever uh, you would like to give to, whether it's the Eagle Club, whether it's a sports club, uh, anything like that. And then they can always give me a call at 601-266-4906 or send me an email at randy.applewhite at usm.edu.
0: All right, Lee, great conversation. I appreciate your time. I look forward to sharing another Dickie's meal with you pretty soon.
2: I'll look forward to it, Bob. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: All right, Lee Applewhite, everybody, Assistant Athletic Director for Development, great friend of the Eagle Hour, personal friend of mine, really good guy. Appreciate his time. Kelly Center's next. We'll be right back. the top. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. And this segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar & Grill. And uh, Slade and his guys are just outstanding. They serve delicious food uh, every day of the week uh, at 4th Street Bar & Grill. Great great atmosphere. A lot of fun Southern Miss stuff around on every wall in the building. And always have your favorite game on the TV. So uh, if you want to Enjoy a sports bar atmosphere and some really good food. Uh, no better place than Fourth Street Bar Grill. I want to thank Lee Applewhite for joining me. Interesting conversation about the challenges of collegiate fundraising in the era of COVID and the ever-shifting world of college athletics. Kelly Center, my co-host and good friend, joins me now. And Kelly, I, I want to take a kind of a break from what we normally do. Here we are with on the verge of fall and a and a new exciting season in front of us. For people that may not know, give me a little bit about your background. When did you first come to Hattiesburg? Because I know you're originally from the Midwest. and uh, When did you first get introduced to Southern Miss Athletics?
1: Actually, and and we've mentioned this before, but it's been a long time, I was actually your successor correct? um, when Bob left WDAM-TV in Hattiesburg, the NBC affiliate. Uh, I I came in, and of course I had never met Bob. I just heard of his, of his good work, but he he was gone, and I was fortunate enough to uh, to get that job. And really, Southern Miss was one of the main reasons that attracted me to the NBC affiliate here. I had come out of West Texas, where you know the Friday Night Lights stuff was going on, uh, with you know covering Odessa Permian and and uh, and Midland Lee and some of those great high schools, but a chance to do major college sports was the reason that I came in September of 1985, and I think the first game, as I was moving, driving a U-Haul across the Mississippi River, I think I was listening to the Southern Miss Mississippi State game when State was coached by Emory Ballard, <laughs> and the State fans then were saying, make Emory a memory, <laughs> and uh, Jim Carmody and the Eagles, I think, uh, beat him that day up at Mississippi State, and that was my... First real-life experience, even you know, to, to be a fan of Southern Miss, but then, of course, had to put on the journalism hat and cover Southern Miss.
0: So you came in really during, during the what I, I look back as the heyday of Southern Miss athletics when the football team was truly a nationally prominent football program.
1: Yeah, and you had Jim Carmody, who you know, was an NFL coach with the Buffalo Bills, uh, came back to take the program over after Bobby Collins was, uh, was swept away by, by SMU. So a lot of those pieces were still in place. And you talk about a defense now. And Jim Carmody himself was called Big Nasty. And the reason you know, he was called Big Nasty is he was the, the architect of the original Nasty Bunch defense as a defensive coordinator and then came back, of course, as the head coach.
0: Let me tell you, he was nasty. <laughs> he's a teddy bear now, as you know. He's a, you know, he's on up in age and, and a southern gentleman. But boy, I'm gonna tell you, I I had the pleasure of covering him, and I always described it as a love hate relationship. Now, don't misunderstand. I always had the utmost respect for him, and I think he's truly one of the great college football coaches ever in the state of Mississippi. To be honest with you, uh, but boy, he was uh, he was all business, wasn't he?
1: Intimidating, I think, was was the best word because you know I was generally a young pup out of college. I think I was twenty-four or twenty-five when I first moved here, and he was a, a man with his resume. And um, now I will say this, you know, people always said, Oh, he was so mean, he was so tough. But I remember we had a standing appointment Tuesdays at three twenty five in his office. And when you and it got to be three twenty five I had his undivided attention. He closed the door. He answered every question succinctly. Um, and then when my time was up, my time was up, and the next guy came in. So he was always very businesslike. Um, I never had any trouble, but I could see where he, he was very intimidating and, um, and ruled with an iron fist if you talked to those players. But never, never did anybody say he wasn't fair.
0: Right, no question. You know? Another thing that you and I got to share – uh, was an association with I think I think the most beloved coach in Southern Miss history, the great M.K. Turk, and and what a character and what a gentleman and what a showman and what an iconic figure was M.K. Turk Kelly,
1: and there was a guy that built built that basketball program. You talk about from the ground up. I mean, when he was offering scholarships, and still players would say no thanks. <laughs> I mean, it was was in rough shape. And the thing about MK, as time went on, as that program began to to improve, MK Turk understood and had the foresight to know that college athletics was entertainment, that people were paying money to come and see his teams play. Now, obviously, they wanted to see the team win, but if if, if Eagle fans could see the team win, and see some razzle-dazzle at the same time, M.K. Turk had no problem with that because he knew that's what was going to bring the fans back. So instead of just you know trying to set up for a layup or you know something inside, they'd do the old gold 23 lob where Casey Fisher would throw it up in the air to Derek Hamilton and he would be right there to slam it home. And a then sold-out Reed Green Coliseum would come to its feet and it was almost deafening. Uh, as loud as it as it got in there, and man, wouldn't that be great if someday we could, you know, get back to that status in college basketball?
0: No, a hundred percent. After I had moved on and, uh, and moved back to the Mississippi Delta, and you were down here, the uh, the era of uh, Jeff Bauer began, and uh, I was a great admirer of his and an avid follower of his program. Your your thoughts about? what Jeff Bauer meant to the school, and what kind of a coach and man was Jeff Bauer?
1: Well, interestingly enough, Jeff Bauer had the foresight. You know, he came back to Southern Miss after being an offensive coordinator at, guess where, Oklahoma State. Right. Uh, it seems like he's getting coaches from, uh, from Oklahoma State. But Jeff Bauer, I remember him saying back in the day that in order for him to ever become a head coach, he was going to, at Southern Miss, he would probably have to leave. That In in the day of college coaching, they just didn't seem to, no school seemed to promote from within. So he didn't really necessarily want to go to Oklahoma State, but did. Of course, then, as fate would have it, that's exactly what happened. He was the the star quarterback who married the head cheerleader, right? His wife, Debbie, was on the cheer squad. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't get any more All-American, all Southern Miss than these two. So for him to return um to campus and you know lead the team for a, a long, long time for many great years and you know, it, it was I remember when the whole situation came down where he was going to be leaving, it had several other college coaches scratching their heads saying, Okay, this guy's led you to X number of bowl games in a row, a graduation rate that's through the roof compared to other teams. Um number of double-digit win seasons, and you let him go.
0: <laughs>
1: I said, look, I didn't make that decision. I you know, And I don't even remember what exactly went down. But, um, but there was a guy, too, that showing his love for the school, Jeff Bauer, he turned down several other jobs, including TCU and Wyoming, among others, where he was offered a lot more money, but Southern Miss was where his heart is. And, of course, his grandkids and daughter are still here. Around the area, he's still you know, very much involved, and his wife, Debbie, also. So that's the true sign of a, of a fan, and somebody that loves their schools, when they have a chance to leave, whether it's professionally or personally, and they don't. Right. They've stayed in the area.
0: And as a, as a sports reporter at the time, sports director, what, what was it like working from a professional standpoint with Coach Bauer?
1: He was always very, very forthright and, and actually during the whole interview process when he was being interviewed for the job, of course, it's easy to say now I was in communication with both he and his wife and they were kind of telling me, you know, what was going on, um, to, to a degree. They couldn't, you know, show all their cards, but it became, it became clear that, that he was coming back. And, you know, at the time we established that professional relationship. Look, I will tell you certain things, but if you get any of it wrong, I'm not talking to you anymore, which in journalism and, you know, Bob, in journalism, that's fair. Right. Okay. If if you're entrusting somebody to give you information and I'm going to repeat that information, it better be accurate. And when it was and we got everything right, that established mine and Jeff Bauer's working relationship that he could be trusted with what he was telling me and he could trust me that I was going to report facts rather than innuendo or rumor.
0: And I think you were like me, about 30 seconds left. Uh, You you shook your head. You were one of those people that thought, what just happened uh, when it turned out that he was being asked to leave, right?
1: Well, well, as you're going into a commercial break, the old adage is be careful what you ask for. Right. Uh, Because sometimes it's a lot worse. You wind up getting a lot worse than what you had.
0: Yes, and a lot of schools have seen that through the years, have they not, Kelly?
1: and we're hoping now that with this this new injection of uh, energy and vitality that coach uh, Hall will get coach Will Hall will get things you know back to where fans are ready to come back to the rock and enjoy a great family experience and join some southern miss football
0: that's what i want to talk about next where are we now and uh, kelly where you think uh, where you think our programs are headed in the future. I'm talking with my good friend Kelly Center on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us we'll both be right back.
1: For the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Always want to thank D1 and D-Bat for their support of the Eagle Hour and the Hattiesburg community. What a great facility uh, for the training of your children that are into baseball and basketball, uh, baseball and softball, and, of course, uh, adult athletes of every sport. Uh, they've got a program for you and a beautiful facility. Uh, we thank D1 and D-Bat uh, for their support of the show. I'm talking to Kelly Center. Uh, Kelly, uh, you and I have joked before. This is, uh, uh, this is where old sports guys, TV sports guys come to <laughs> come to when they develop a face for radio. I, I guess that would be, I guess that would be the case with me and you, but, but one last thought about the past, one thing that you and I, I've shared this with our mutual friend, Chuck Abadie before one good thing about our age is if we had a front row seat during the glory years of basketball and, and football, and uh, I wouldn't take anything for those memories.
1: And and we didn't know it at the time,
0: right? Great point. You know, that, Great point.
1: That was yeah. We we didn't know it at the time, but now when we have something to compare it to, um, you know, because we had those seats, we were able to also at different times sit as a fan, you know, in the stands at whatever sporting event. Sometimes and go, oh, my gosh, how far. The mighty have fallen. And right. How did it? How did it ever get to be? And I'm, you know, talking about the Ellis Johnson right. era. Right. You know, how how could this ever have happened? Right. You know, and will we ever rebound
0: from it? You know, I remember one night uh, my wife and I were in the Rock. It was a packed house. Uh, Nebraska had come to Hattiesburg. Yes. The, the mighty corn huskers. And I remember how proud I was at the start of that game to think our football program has gotten to this level. That the Nebraska Cornhuskers have enough respect for us that they will come here and play us, and and then you're right. Then then there was the, then there were the low moments. But here we are now, uh, with a with a new opportunity right here on the horizon, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts about about your hopes and your expectations moving forward for football and basketball.
1: I think right now, Jeremy, Jeremy McLean has had almost a nonstop. Uh, he's been in almost a nonstop hiring mode since he took over right. the athletic director position. Um, but I think now, as you look at everybody that he's got on board, few will argue that uh, that they don't feel good about the current the current personnel in place um, as as head of just about every sport, men men and women. Um, and so I think from a from that standpoint, that's where it has to start that that they uh, apparently have you know really good people on board will it translate you know that's that's what it comes down to now from from here on but i think by the university thinking outside the box and some of the things that they've done and i and i point this one out because it's the most obvious the decision to allow beer sales in the stadium as a way to you know increase revenue also <clears throat> the the merchandising and branding with us uh, southern prohibition to where they have their own brand of beer where they will you know the reap, reap some financial success of that so they're thinking outside the box that the climate college sports climate has forced them to do that but i think that all things are are pointing upward and um, if if the fan base will respond and they try as they try to cultivate new and younger sports fans, which is going to be difficult in an era where people have been raised on video games. You know, there, there just aren't as many kids, um, you know, going to sporting events like there used to be, Mm -hmm. you know, they they just sit at home and play their video games. uh, Do I dare say they're not as tough as kids from the past, Bob, but, um, but that's what it's going to take. And, And I think, I think things are looking up right now. I've, I've never seen, it's been a while, let's just put it that way, it's, it's been a while that I've seen the fan base generally so upbeat about all the sports teams at Southern Miss.
0: And Kelly, I think you agree with me. I, I think this, this, and I agree with what you just said, and I think this all began with Jeremy McClain being hired as the athletic director.
1: He was here before. He certainly knew the, the climate. He knew the environment. He knew what he was getting into. And I'm sure that in the interview process it would it would go without saying that that that's where he was to step up on the competition. I don't even remember who else they interviewed, uh, but you know came from Troy where he had done some great things there and um, so you had a guy that and, and of course he's a Mississippi guy you know played at delta state so uh, I, I just I just really think he's a good steady hand uh, at the current you know, and now that he's got some coaches on board, you hope, for a long time. He won't have to worry about hiring or firing anybody soon.
0: Right, right. All right, uh, you're optimistic, and you're upbeat, and you think the best days are once again ahead of us. Did I hear that right?
1: I think as far as as the school goes, as far as Southern Miss goes now, what the dumpster fire of Conference USA turns out to be is a whole other show. And we don't have any control over that. You and I don't have any control over that. And I hope that, I hope that Southern Miss, and I'm sure that Jeremy McClain is, is doing whatever he can to protect Southern Miss's interests going forward. Because as optimistic as I am about things at Southern Miss... I am not nearly as optimistic about the future of Conference USA.
0: You and I agree too much sometimes, I think. But I'm, I'm right, I'm right on board with you. Kind of scary. All right, I appreciate your input this afternoon. Enjoyed the conversation, Kelly, and uh, we'll be back uh, soon on the Eagle Hour. And until then, Southern Miss to the
1: top. Time keeps on
2: slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle
0: to the sea